0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: Well, thank you. We're so excited to be here. And, you know, really my own background with money of going from welfare to wealth management has really helped me um, focus on what's important to be guiding people to or to be thinking about with their own money. So with that being said, today what we're going to talk about is 401k and retirement education.
0: Very important topic. It uh, touches every worker. Uh, in the the United States, if you're looking ahead to your retirement. And it's one that I think a lot of people are undereducated on um, because people have it. And I don't know that people necessarily understand it and understand the ins and outs about it and how very little minute things can go a long way or another percent here, another percent there, or a little bit more into that 401k can really take the figures and the numbers into numbers that you're going to like in the long run.
1: Right, absolutely, you are so totally on target with that. So let's talk a little bit about why we should save in retirement in the first place. Today with me I have a special guest. Kelsey Banke is a certified financial planner in our Stark Financial offices, and, and she's here. She actually has some specialty with working with people at the workplace with their 401Ks and educating them about why it's important to save. So, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about, you know, in terms of why it's important to save. Talk talk just about eating in retirement.
2: How much is it going to cost to eat food in retirement? Sure, Mary. I think one of the the things that surprises people the most is, truly how expensive it is to retire. You need to uh, start funding all of the things you used to pay with your paycheck, but you're now not getting a paycheck anymore. So how do we how do we help pay for that? And 401ks is one of the best ways to do that. So for example, uh, just to put some numbers onto that retirement uh, that we're going to have, there's, let's say assume, two people in retirement. It can be you and a spouse, you and a friend, you and a pet, uh, whoever you want to spend your retirement with. Uh, Let's assume $5 meals. Now, that's pretty inexpensive meal. That's definitely not a steak or even, you know, a chocolate cake for your birthday or anything like that. $5 meal is still pretty modest.
1: You know, I have a friend who said that. They've got a filet mignon appetite and don't want to have a McDonald's retirement budget.
2: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I ate at McDonald's the other day and it was not $5. It was a lot more than that. So uh, even McDonald's is a little more than $5 a meal. And then, of course, three meals a day. Now, that's not including your uh, your Starbucks coffee or the donut that you like to eat or um, snacks or anything like that. And then we'll see 20 years in retirement. You know, people who retire in their 60s are are expected to live into their 80s um, on average. So we're just going to use a 20-year number. Calculate all that up. It comes out to about $219,000.
1: $219,000, not including inflation in there over the years, but $219,000 just to eat decent food in retirement.
2: Absolutely. And decent food by $5 meals. Keep that in mind. So <laughs> Now, if we calculate in a 3% inflation, which uh, is a reasonable inflation to calculate over that amount of time, it takes that number up to just under $300,000.
1: Amazing. So yeah. your first 300000 in retirement is your food budget. So that kind of, I think, really does illustrate why it's important to be saving for your own retirement. So the, then the thing about it is, you know, it's always important to plan. Most people actually spend more time planning their summer vacation than they do planning their entire retirement. So I, I think that it's important to put a strategy into place. One of the things that also contributes to success in retirement is, is the time that you have to do this. The younger you are, obviously the Um, more impactful that can be. But let me tell you a story about David and Diane. And David and Diane both um, started out with um, a good job. And then um, Diane started early. She began to contribute 6% of her pay per year. Now, both David and Diane were making about $35,000 a year right out of college great jobs. And um, they were both wanting to retire around age 65. So Diane started contributing 6% of her salary right away. And over the course of time, she put in a total of $162,600. Time she started to the time that she ended. Now, if that made... 7% annual hypothetical rate of return. So this is a story, not a guarantee of any type of of return. But that would have created just under a half a million dollars worth of retirement dollars for her. Wow. Wow. David, on the other hand, kind of dragged his heels and didn't start and thought it was more important to have a fancy car early on and be doing some things like that. So he waited for about 10 years until he started. Then he started putting in 6%. And so in, in time during retirement, he had put away about $125,000. Now, Diane put a total of one sixty two away. David put a total of one twenty five away. Diane's turned into just under half a million and David's turned into about a quarter
2: million. Wow. What a difference.
1: Yeah. So that that 10 year difference of people who are making the same amount of money, people who are earning the same amount of money and people who are contributing the same amount of money, the the time difference can, can really have a huge impact. So my advice with that is to start early. If you haven't started yet, start now. Start as soon as you can. And if you have questions about this, we have a wonderful 401k and retirement education piece that we'd like to, to send you so you can understand what's important to know about your 401k. You can call our offices at 605-217-3555 or jump on the website at com and send us an email and just ask for the 401k and retirement education piece. I think it'll be really helpful for you. So Kelsey, when when you're talking to people about their 401ks and you're talking about something called asset classes, help us understand what asset classes are and, and what the basics are that people need to understand about that.
2: Sure, Mary. Asset classes are basically just a fancy word for all the different types of investments you can do. So uh, when when you look around the even just your, your local town, you have... Big companies that are national names, maybe even international names. You have smaller companies that you maybe haven't heard of as much. Um, there's all different types of investing you can do in uh, inside your 401k plan. Um, and take that a step further inside the country, international, if it's a, a global fund, it includes both domestic and international uh, companies. Also, there's different types of investing in in whether you're investing in ownership of the company or investing in the debt of the company. Uh, So that's the difference between stocks and bonds. Uh, So there's all these different asset classes that you can put money into, and you should have money in virtually all of them. Now, that's not necessarily the same percentage in all of them. I didn't say equal amounts, but you should have some money in all of them. So trying to understand... uh, And trying to achieve a good diversification among those different asset classes can be very beneficial to your 401k.
1: So diversification is a big fancy word for basically having your money in more than one asset class. Correct. All right. So when I've done work with people in their 401ks and been helping them create a good strategy for what to invest in, that becomes the most complex, confusing part for people is to pick what percentages should go into what buckets. So I know a lot of uh, 401k companies have created a solution for that and made it easy for their employees to make one choice rather than have to make 15 choices. So share with our listeners what that means and, and what they're using to make that one choice.
2: Sure, and and you're exactly right. In a lot of the planning we do, this is an area we provide a lot of education on in general is just how to diversify your portfolio. So inside 401k plans, there are now uh, funds called They're either lifestyle funds or they they might have a name of target date funds. And what those funds allow you to do is pick that one investment and it will diversify your portfolio for you. So it'll have the right percentage of uh, large companies versus small companies versus international companies versus bonds, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, by picking one fund, you can achieve all of that and not have to calculate that all on your own, not have to look at all the different funds and figure that out yourself. Uh, And so all you have to do is, is figure out, you know, which one of those funds do I need to be in, which a target date fund, you just want to pick a fund that's, uh, has a date most close to when you would retire. So let's say 30 years from now, you wanted to retire and it's 2016, that'd be a 20. 46. Uh, so I'd probably pick the 2045 fund. Uh, that'd be the fund most close to that year. So if that's the case, then that fund will um, invest into all those different asset classes in a way that makes sense for somebody retiring or along that uh, time frame. Now there's also lifestyle funds or even a allocation funds that might go off of your risk level. But most 401k plans are going to have some form of that kind of fund that will help you achieve the diversity that's appropriate for you without making you do all the work. So
1: what a great addition to 401k plans. So for some 401k and retirement education information, just give us a call at 605-217-3555 and we can send you that piece. Let's talk a little bit real briefly about divorce and 401k. Here's some um, not so fun facts that people really are sometimes unaware of. Um, One of the things that in your 401ks you're required by federal law to do is to name your spouse as your beneficiary. So even if you're going through a divorce, you still have to have your spouse named as the beneficiary until the divorce is actually final. So that's uh, sometimes something that people don't really like the idea of. But unfortunately, that is the law. And then if you get divorced, um, oftentimes people have to split their 401ks in the divorce settlement. And that can be kind of a tricky um, business, too. So that's something that you need to work with your financial planner on exactly how to do that splits. But those are some of the things that we'll cover in that divorce seminar. So give us a call or go online and register with that. And we'll uh, give you some education there about 401ks as well. But let's keep talking. So, we've talked a little bit about getting started in the 401ks and the importance of starting as early as you can. But, you know, what happens if you're already an established saver? Let's say that you've been in your 401k for a period of time and and you're basically wondering, am you, are you doing the right thing? So for established savers, I would really recommend that you do a check-in every year or two, connecting with a financial planner and have them look at the 401k plan that you have and give you some advice and education on how your asset allocation is looking and what the strength and the quality are of the funds inside the plans. Um, and if if you are a business owner and you're the one who's in charge of having that 401k plan I would highly recommend that you have a financial planner look at your plan every few years to again evaluate the strength of your program um, look at the plan design and see if there's any additional plan design features that should be added and also evaluate the strength and quality of the investments you have a duty to your employees to make sure that what you're offering is a good plan and so um, that's something that we can help with as well or any financial planner that that does 401ks can help with is making sure that what you're doing for your employees is up to snuff. So but one of the biggest benefits of a 401k plan for most employees is the match. I think that's everybody's favorite part (laughs) because it's kind of like free money. So Kelsey, tell us a little bit about the power of the match and why you want to contribute at least as much as you can to get that full match.
2: Sure, Mary. Definitely the match is, is one of the, the best benefits for the, the employee. And you should always do everything you can to try to take advantage of that match. Now, uh, if you're starting from nothing and, and going to try to start with that match right away, if that's a little tough for you, you know, I always tell people build into the match and try to get there as quickly as possible because. Uh, more quickly you take advantage of the full match, the more benefit you're getting from your employer. So for example, uh, let's say an employer had a 50 cent match on the dollar up to 4% of your salary. So what that means is for every dollar you put in, they will match 50%. So they'll put in 50 cents. Uh, so up to 4% would mean if you put in 4% of your salary, they would match with 2%. So your employer is willing to give you another 2% of your salary just by doing yourself a favor and saving for your own retirement.
1: So if you're putting in 4% and they're putting in 2%, then really you've got 6% working for you inside your 401k plan.
2: Correct. Correct. Okay. So uh, in looking at that match, then let's, let's just say uh, somebody wanted to start contributing and take advantage of that match. And for the sake of this, uh, demonstration, let's say the person started at age 30 and put in a 4% contribution. And let's say that 4% contribution came out to about $2,000. Okay. Uh, so the $2,000 of their own money went into the plan and there's this, uh, cool little tool that is called the rule of 72. And, and Oh,
1: that's my favorite rule.
2: Yes. It is how to calculate it, how long it will take your money to double, which I want my money to at least double if I can help it. That's why it's my favorite rule. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to use the rule of 72 in this calculation. So the way that you use the rule of 72 is you take the number 72 and you divide it by the rate of return that you want to use in your calculation. So, and then what that will do is tell you how long it will take your money to double. So for the sake of easy math, we're going to use 10% as our hypothetical return. So if you take 72 divided by a 10% expected or hypothetical rate of return, then that would come out to 7.2 years. And in 7.2 years, your money should have doubled at that rate.
1: Okay, so in seven, about seven years at a hypothetical non-guaranteed rate of return of 10%, then your money should double. So if you put your 4% contribution in, and that was 2,000 at age 30, then by the time you're 37, that's your seven years, and that 2,000 could have doubled to 4,000. And then if you keep going with that, another seven years, you're age 45, that 4,000 doubles to 8,000, and on and on and on until you get up to age 66. And and by, by the time you're 66, if you've made a 10% return, That $2,000 that you put away when you're 30, when you're 66, could be worth $64,000.
2: Exactly. But now let's take that a step further because we just calculated your contribution to that. We did not calculate in the match. If you add in that match, it takes the the total contribution from 2,000 up to 3,000. Okay. And over that same period of time earning that same hypothetical non-guaranteed 10% rate of return, (laughs) it would take that number instead of being 64,000, it takes you clear up to $96,000. And that is some serious retirement money.
1: It is, especially since it's free money from your employer. So that's the power of the match right there is to be able to say, as you know, if you can do everything within your power to get your contribution up to get your employer's full match, that is going to make a significant difference. And this illustration that we did, it, 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 it takes almost another half, another 50% of the money and adds it to it. So it's really important to try to get that full match. You know, one of the things that's changed over time in 401ks, too, is it used to be that all of the money that went into there was pre-tax, and then when it came out, when you were retired, it was all taxable. But the rules have changed over the years, and now we have this cool little piece inside many 401k plans that's called a Roth 401k. And a Roth 401k's taxes are exactly backwards of what you're used to with regular traditional 401ks. So the Roth 401k is something where you don't get the tax deduction now... It's after-tax money that goes in when you put it in. But all of that growth, all of the hopefully doubling and tripling and quadrupling of the money, when it comes out in retirement, can come out tax-free.
2: Wow, tax-free, that's my favorite kind of money.
1: Aha, there you go. So if you are trying to build a good diversification in terms of types of money that you have in retirement, if you have some that you're going to pay taxes on and you have some that is going to be tax-free, then that's the difference between traditional 401ks and Roth 401ks. Now, a lot of times people will ask us, well, you know, should I put it in the Roth or should I put it in the traditional? And that's a decision that's individual for everybody. It depends on what you've already done inside your plan and it, to some degree it depends on what age you are and how long it will be until you're gonna use those retirement dollars to know if we, if we have more benefit of taking a tax deduction now or having some tax-free income later. So good tips on the Roth and traditional 401k. Now, if you want to learn more about that, just give us a call. We've got a good 401k and retirement education piece that we'll give away for you. And um, you can just give us a call by calling 605 217 3555. Um, We also can help evaluate your portfolio, take a look at your accounts for you if you'd like us to. If you're a business owner, we can look at the plan design of your 401k. But the main thing is that you get educated. So give us a call, get this retirement education piece, and uh, you'll be on your way towards a stronger retirement. So... One of the uh, things also that people often ask is how much you can put into your 401k. So Kelsey, can you tell us a little bit about what the limits are that you can actually put into the
2: plan? Sure. Uh, The the limits change a little bit each year, have the potential to because they are set by the IRS. Uh, But... Currently, they are set at $18,000 contribution on the 401ks. If you're over the age of 50, you get what's called a catch-up contribution. So they're giving you a little extra leeway. So if you feel like you're behind and you need to make some more room um, in maybe those uh, later years of your career, you can contribute another $6,000.
1: That's uh, a great benefit to be able to contribute more in catch-up. Absolutely. Like so um, if you kind of go back and think about what we've talked about today I would say my four main pieces of advice are start as early as you can in that 401k get the full match make sure you're contributing enough to get the full match If you're an established saver, do a check-in with your financial advisor to make sure that what you're doing is making sense. And then lastly, we haven't talked about this, but whenever you change jobs, that's a good time to go in and talk to someone about what your best option is to do with that 401k. Should you keep it where it is? Should you move it? Should you go to your new plan? So that's an ideal time to do that kind of check-in.
0: You've been listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Call Stirk Financial at 605-217-3555 for your free copy of the 401k and retirement education paper. How to make the most out of your 401k.